0: Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. All right, well, welcome to She Makes Waves. Today, I'm so excited about the guest that we have on. Jen Diaz, aka The Golden Girl, is on the show. Jen is the founder of Glow Out Salons, a one-stop shop for all of your beauty essentials, blowouts, makeup, nails, and Jen's signature service, spray tanning. Jen is obsessed with two things, her dogs and helping people feel amazing. I'm so pumped about having her on to talk about both dogs, one of my favorite things, but also just (laughs) her story and how she's gotten to today because as, as awesome as her life looks and is, She's worked really
1: hard to build it, so Jen, welcome.
0: Oh my gosh, thanks for
1: having me. I'm so excited to chat today.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you as well. I I feel like you're someone I just really look up to, and you've done personal coaching with me, and I just, I really respect what you've done and how you've built your business.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: So I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about, I mean, you have, one location, and then you have licensing with a couple other salons, your Glow Out salons. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you got to today, because I know it has been a winding road and uh, not everyone gets to hear the backstory.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. My business journey has been a natural evolution for me. I just kind of keep, keep progressing forward, you know, as things present themselves. I like to just kind of flow and see what is the next best step? What is the next best move for me? And not necessarily maybe the next obvious choice, but what really continues to fuel me and feel really good, you know? Yeah, I love that. So when I started my business, I just started going to people's homes in Chicago, popping up a tent in their living room, Spray tanning them, and I was in and out in thirty minutes. I just used the train and the bus to get from point A to point B. Um, at the time when I started, there wasn't even Uber, which makes me feel like a pretty a dinosaur. But that was the hustle was really like word of mouth, no advertising. There was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, so it was just a really interesting time. I had to rely on myself and my people skills, and really go in and kill it with each client and make them fall in love with my process. And in doing that, my business just continued to grow, continued to grow, continued to grow. And then I started renting rooms in salons and I would kind of partner with other salons that had empty space. And so I was able to capitalize on their clientele and cross promote. And that really got me thinking like, wow, I'm a big collaborator. I love collaboration. I really work best bouncing ideas off of people and collaborating because I just have an idea a day, you know? That's so awesome. Yeah. So I kind of really learned early on, I love collaborating, love it. And I feel like we're better when we work with others. It just, everything works better, stronger, faster, you know? So that's kind of how that came to be. And then as we would go along, you know, I started working in salons and then I had a salon in each part of the city (laughs) each night of the week. So I'm like, North side people, meet me over here. West side people, I'm going to be over here. And I was just popping up everywhere until I could afford to open my first space, which was actually another collaborative space with me and a friend at the time who had a cut and color business, and we just parlayed that into a partnership. And so my, my first salon was actually a rental space. I did spray tans in the back, she helped out with spray tans, but then primarily did her cut and color business in the front, and as we kind of evolved that, we realized like, oh man, we don't really have the same long-term visions. And so that was just an interesting lesson that I feel like a lot of us learn on the fly of like, oh, maybe I could have asked those questions up front, but we're just kind of going with it. It's in my 20s and young and hungry and ambitious. Um, but it led me to a really great spot where I ended up saying, you know, we had conversations and decided to, you know, have separate salons. And that was really amazing. And that's when I launched the full one-stop shop concept where it was, all the basics that you get for a wedding or an event or vacation. You get your blowout, you get your nails, you get your wax, you get your tan, you get your makeup, all that good stuff. Housing it in one spot so people didn't have to drive to different places in the city and park and find parking. It was just dramatic. And those people were already coming to us, so I was like, awesome, let's just do it here. And what I really learned was it was great. It takes longer to build than you think, always. Even though I had all that traffic coming in, it still took... year and a half for people to really catch on. Like you can also get blots with us. You can also get nails. So that was an interesting learning lesson. And then right about the same time where I was launching that, I had partners approach me that wanted to do the same model in another market. And I'm like, let's do it. (laughs) Why not? I'm learning on the fly anyway. Um, so we got to learn doing another market in another state, which was super interesting and super, um, It was just a great lesson. And that's kind of how our licensing program was born. Just naturally, again, everything just naturally evolving in the way that it should and me staying really open and really flexible, really flexible. How can this look? How can I bend? What could, you know, what could possibly be a situation where everyone could benefit? For me, I wasn't comfortable and I'm still not of the idea for myself opening up all these shops with my money where I was taking out loans and fronting a lot of debt. That wasn't something that's appealing to me. So the licensing program felt like a really great fit because ideally I'm giving you a brand in a box. I'm teaching you exactly what I'm doing. You're able to use our intellectual property and parlay off of our success in the last 10 years. So it's been really beautiful to be able to do that. I actually just came before this podcast to train a new girl for the North shore of Chicago. So we're super excited to launch in that market.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. where will that be, or can you not talk about it yet? I,
1: it can it can be anywhere between Evanston and Lake Bluff will be her territory. That's so cool. Yeah, so real, what's really awesome for us is a lot of times people can start out as mobile spray tanners and then work their way into a storefront versus, and it all depends on the financial back end of the licensee, but you can start mobily and build up a clientele and work your way into a space. Or... If you're financially in a different situation or whatever is most comfortable for you, then you can start in a space or a studio or a suite. So it's been really fun just developing that program and allowing other women access to all of my lessons and all of the information that I've learned in the last 10 years of owning my business, 20 years in hospitality and the beauty industry, and and just giving it to you and saying, here, run with it. And then we're going to run right beside you and help and work together and collaborate. So it's kind of a beautiful for a full circle moment for my business for sure.
0: Yeah, and I guess I didn't realize there's been so many variations of it that you had started out. So yeah, amazing. I knew you, you had. I knew you had the I like, like been going around to people with a pop up tent. Like that's where I feel like I knew that about your story, but I didn't realize the. The fact that you were like, you'd brokered partnerships in the sense of like, I'm going to be here on the North side this night and there over there. And I don't think people see that. Like,
1: mm-hmm. you know, I
0: always say it's like hard for people to see, like, like they see your shop today, they see your business day and it's like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But no one really sees like the little, like the, the little windy little road you took to get here. And I mm-hmm. think it's just, it's probably just why it's so successful because you just, you, you just kind of kept plugging away.
1: And you keep adapting, right? You keep adapting and bending and being flexible and learning and being open. And that's always served me really well.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so much more of like a, a feminine quality to not have just like such a rigid business plan. And I find it really, I, it really is something I'm drawn to just the way that you're talking about how you've just kind of allowed the universe to direct it and just be open and... Mm-hmm. It's not going to look like how you thought it was, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome.
1: And I love that you brought up the feminine quality. I I think we've had conversations about this before, but that's something 10 years in that I'm really digging into is for female business owners, balancing that feminine and masculine energy. And I think we talked about that where in the beginning, I don't think I was as flexible at all. I was so afraid. There was so much fear. There was so much, you know, once you finally start picking up steam, then you know we were in allure and we were in 17 and we were working with celebrities that we can't talk about, but um, all of those things start happening. I didn't go to college I didn't have this fundamental background in business. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> figure out right. just figuring it out. So there was a lot of fear on my part and then a lot of you know a lot of that goes back to my own personal history and as we grow as business owners, we're growing as people and it's all connected. what I really learned, through the breakdown of my health. And this is like off on another tangent, but yeah, I really learned the flexibility is key. You know, if you stay rigid and you stay so trying to control the situation, you won't get to a beautiful outcome. I don't think.
0: Yeah. And do you think that's a more feminine, like that's you stepping into your more of your like femininity and being like, Mm -hmm. not thinking that like a business has to be such a, it's mm-hmm. primarily in the past been male dominated and mm-hmm. men kind of are, I feel like over the years in my business, people have said, would well, you have a business plan? And like, when I use big words, men are like really impressed. They're like, mm-hmm. she just said, dissolve.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: she knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I've impressed you, but like, doesn't mean anything.
1: Yeah. I, I just find it really interesting. And I've, it's a lot of self-study, right? It's a lot of looking at yourself and your patterns and things that keep repeating and themes. And if you really take the time to dive into them, you can find a lot of answers, I think. And I found like, wow, I have to use all of this masculine force to drive my business, right? In the beginning, like I didn't have money for advertising. I didn't have a car. I didn't have money for cabs. I didn't have any of that, those resources. And I wasn't willing to take on debt. That's just my personal preference. So in order to, to get to where I needed to go, I needed to work my ass off. And so I did. And that's all, you know, that's also kind of my innate nature anyway. But what I found is there's a way to work in a beautiful state. There's a way to work your ass off and work in a state energetically that opens up lanes versus closing them down. Right. So you'll go and have a conversation. And if it's drive, 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 all these initiatives You're kind of not having a conversation. You're just dictating your ideas. So I started to learn to step back and really listen a lot more. Really, really listen. And I found when I started to listen and not feel like I had to provide all the answers, then I really started to learn even more. And it started to open up different opportunities for me. And the fear started going away. It was just a different way to look at things. And now I'm so focused on listening more really learning from the people around me, no matter what age, no matter what state, my girls, I have a team that works with me in Chicago. And a lot of them are early 20s. I'm almost 40. It's a different, different place to be in life, but there's so much to learn. They have a different perspective. So it's like, how can I tap into that, offer value from my perspective, and then somehow meet in the middle to win. And it's been beautiful.
0: Yeah, even your voice is very calming. I'm like, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> cool. I've like, I just, yeah. Are <laughs> you settled in a little bit? A little bit Yeah, further. that's awesome. Yeah. So a little bit about like, I know that you spend a lot of time on your personal development and mm-hmm. checking in with yourself and, you know, kind of what you were saying. So who do you like, who do you look to when you do, because I know you're a Gary Vaynerchuk fan like me, but what are some of, what are some of the, self-care practices that you have in order to show up in such an enlightened state?
1: You know, the best thing that I found, and I worked with a a mutual friend of ours, Dana Frost, has been my my coach for about seven years. I think it's been seven years. And I was probably three, how far was I in my business at the time? Hold on, let me think. Yeah. I think I was three or four years in, and I was at that pivotal moment where we were Opening that first storefront. So, no, maybe it was like five years. Opening that first storefront with the partnership. And I think we both kind of knew that like something wasn't exactly gelling. You know that when you're in flow, when you're in a state where everything's kind of coming and flowing and working, you can feel the difference, hopefully, between that and when things are just stuck. The energy is stuck. Something's not working. There's constant, you know, rubbing of edges. And so I went to talk to Dana and I had just lost a friend. Um, really really suddenly and that just turned my world upside down I had dealt with loss before several times before but this was like one of my closest friends in life and I just never I was naive right I never expected that I was going to lose him at such an early age and it really changed something inside of me and that's when I think I started to learn life is short life is precious yes I have this awesome business of course I love it it's amazing but there's so much more to life. So how can I do life and enjoy life in a different way and also have my business be such an integral part of my life but not be so controlled by fear? And I think, I i don't know, I think that really dropped after after I lost him, I thought, well, fuck, you know, anything can happen. I might as well start to make this work for me versus me working for it so much. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I feel like both of the other interviews I've done, We've talked a lot about how we weren't really running our businesses, but they were running our lives. And mm-hmm. I guess something you said that spoke to me was the fear. I think we all really don't know, don't maybe all call it fear, but there is fear is like in the in the driver's seat mm-hmm. a lot for a lot of women and in, in, in these businesses. So I think that you hit the nail on the
1: head. And I think with fear, it's very interesting. I've talked a lot about this to Dana a lot of times our instinct when, when we're in fear is to try to control the situation. But I've noticed when I try to do that, nothing works. Right. You know, it's, it's like you're strangling your creativity. I, I listen to Elizabeth Gilbert a lot. She yes. wrote the book, big magic, and she talks about your relationship to your creativity and how, if you try to make your creativity do this thing, you know, you try to make your creativity, make you X amount of money by this time. Like, how dare you? You know, your creativity needs to live and breathe. And that really struck to me. It struck home a lot. I was like, wow, that's really true. How can I make this a living, breathing thing and let it go out into the world and do what it's going to do, but not necessarily worry so much of how to control every move because you can't. All I can control is how I show up. That's it. So and I feel
0: like from watching your stories that I know you work a lot, but it looks like you're living your best life.
1: I really am trying, and it's interesting. I, I feel very strongly because entrepreneurship is really obviously becoming a very popular thing, and that's amazing, and it's the American dream, and anybody who wants to go out and get it, let's do it. But a lot of the – Gary Vee strikes me a lot because he's showing – and I, you know, kind of try to do the same thing on my level of where I'm at of like, it's work. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of hours of work. There's not a lot of people that I know that got to the top of any field or were successful, whatever that success means without working their face off, you know, and people have a different, a different view of that. And everybody gets to have their opinion for me. I've always worked. I start working at eight years old cleaning houses and it's just in my nature it's just what makes me really happy. But I did want to find how can I do that in a beautiful way? And going back to your initial question of like how do I do it? I set for myself I needed to set really strong routines. I needed to have something because my life is, you know, my life is like mm-hmm. lighting fires, built like burning out um problems all day, right? You're solving problems all you've day. You've got that,
0: um you've got that issue with your heating cooling system at times through your story. And you also do a lot of urban hiking.
1: I do a lot of urban hiking. So for me, walking has always been part of my process. It's always been, I've done it ever since I was little with my grandma, we used to walk everywhere. And then when I moved to Chicago, I moved from Florida to Chicago. So it, you know, I stopped driving, it didn't have cars. And I was like, oh my God, this is for me. And I realized that for me, because I have a lot of thoughts, I can, I can have a busy mind for sure. I'm very creative, so I'm super mentally active. I needed to find a way to streamline and channel that into something that would process all that information for me, and, and then it helps me find clarity. And then in doing that, when I'm moving my body, I'm moving emotions through my body, so I'm giving them an outlet so that they don't stay stuck in my body.
0: I love that so much.
1: It's really helped me a lot.
0: And anyone could do that.
1: It's free. You know, yeah. I, people, I love when they get excited and motivated to move their body or exercise. A lot of times the first thing that comes up is I'm going to join this gym membership and this and that. Awesome. I'm like, do it if that's where you best, like where you feel the most inspired to work out or, you know, take care of your health. But you also don't have to. Connecting in nature is one of the best things to do, especially as an entrepreneur because it's grounding, it's going to get you back to what is a natural state of being, which is being out in the earth, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's been helpful. I mean, I definitely go hard on it and might 40 miles a week sometimes, which people are like, really? I'm like, it's just my process, dude. <laughs> it's just what well, like, I, I feel like
0: you get a lot done.
1: I, I do. Feel like,
0: I feel like you're zipping around. You might have a dog in a backpack or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those, I don't know if those gals are doing all the walking that you're doing. My but- girls?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, what's awesome is, um, for me living in Chicago, coming from Florida, having like the, about five months or so where the weather's a little colder than I would appreciate, um, (laughs) kind of gets me a little bit stir crazy. So I still walk in the winter, but once the, the warmer months come, all of my meetings, all of my coaching is on the street because I love it. I find that people have A lot more opening and a lot more space and they leave feeling 10 times better than if we just sat statically and had a conversation
0: that's so cool yeah because I wanted to get into like your leadership style because I know that you take so much pride in your team and building them and we've talked in the past about how you you work with different people and you figure out how they're going to work best Mm -hmm. but I and so I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that
1: sure um what I've really learned for myself, and again, I think everybody's process is different. and It depends on the size of your business. It's probably not doable for people that have businesses of 100 and something employees. But for me, we're a boutique, a boutique salon. So we have about seven or eight people at a time that work with us. And for me, I like to just get in the wild, keep our bodies moving. And that's how we do our meetings. And we talk through things and we think about things. And really get different perspectives. For us, that works. I spend a lot of one-on-one time with my girls. Because without my girls, I couldn't have my business at the point that I'm at now. Right? So it was okay to do it in a different way when it was me and one other person. Or me and two other people. But as you grow, you're constantly adapting to the energy around you. Right? So you have to keep a pulse on what people are needing at that time. And those needs change day to day, moment to moment.
0: Right. Cause that's a different, totally different shift in mindset from being the operator, doing the work to being someone that's supporting the people doing the work that you were once doing.
1: Mm -hmm. And for me, the best thing I've found is how can I inspire the best out of them? Me dictating all my ideas is one way to do it, but really I want to help them find that piece in them that's inspired to do better, grow, be excellent, provide amazing service, take care of themselves to the highest level and I feel like if I'm bringing out the best in people the best way I know how and that changes on a daily basis then they're going to do a great job and then we're all going to win and it just is a momentum of energy.
0: Yeah, and I know that when I've been in there getting a uh my braids for the bachelorette party, which I will speak to the one-stop shopping. I left there a tan goddess with braids <laughs> for the weekend, and everyone thought I did them since I'm a cosmetologist, and I was like, no, I can't braid like this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> got these done. But um, I know that there was a gal in a chair next to me, and she had worked with you in your salon, and she was in the process of opening her own location. Is that still something she's doing? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's such a cool career path to, to grow with you and then to have the opportunity, which very I feel few people have in the salon world, that you could have your own location.
1: Well, and here's the other thing that I learned, and I learned it a little bit the hard way in the beginning, especially with spray tanning, right? Spray right. tanning, there's not a lot of regulation. So it's kind of like the wild wild west. You could decide, hey, I'm going to start a spray tanning business tomorrow. Google whatever you wanted to Google maybe go take a quick class somewhere and start your business and you're off and running. So that's, you know, that's very can be appealing to a lot of people, especially if you get in the salon, you learn it, you work where we do a high volume of clients because we've been around 10 years and we were, yeah. you know, one of the first in the game doing spray tans. So I just instead of having that creep up on me where somebody works for us for a year or two and decides to open on their own and then it becomes dramatic, I just am very upfront about it in the beginning to me. I feel like we work better together as people. So let's utilize each other to the best of our ability to form beautiful relationships and help each other win. So I tell my people in the interview, if you ever get to a point, if it's of interest of you to to open your own location, when the time is right, I will help you get there. We just need to have honest, transparent conversations. And by doing that, it's alleviated that that entire problem that people tend to worry about, which is... People coming, learning what you do, taking your clients, doing it on their own. And that's happened yeah. a couple times. So I had to get burned a couple times until I learned, gosh, that doesn't feel good because you're, you're giving people and teaching them every single thing you've ever known and learned and sweated, and worked hard for. Um, and so for me, I would just prefer to do it together. So, I'm very transparent about it now from the beginning. And it's like
0: a vetting process because that person's worked with you. You know their strengths, yep. you know their weaknesses. So, then when they go off on their own, you're, as the coach that you are, aside from being the owner, you're able to maybe build up a little bit in that or get them support in the part. Sure. There. Yeah. So, that's so cool.
1: Thanks. It's really working out great. It's really becoming a fun process. I kind of took a little downtime from it from a personal standpoint in like the last year and a half I took a little break from it just to constantly check in with my shop and be like how are we doing are we doing good because one of my big concerns is always growing too fast and making sure that when I'm going to scale I'm not scaling so fast that you're opening up all these locations and losing the brand quality of what you're doing so that was really important to me so that's just another part of being a business owner is being self-aware of knowing is this the right time to do this or maybe should I pump the brakes even though it would be awesome am I in a spot personally where I can manage all of this? And I constantly check in with myself on that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I was thinking when I was in there, I was like, if someone were to call in and not be able to get there, do the nails today, like can Jen do everything in here?
1: I can everything except for the hair. I'm not a cosmetologist, so I'm licensed in aesthetics and nails and then yeah. spray tanning doesn't have licensing. So that's its own thing. But, um, and I, I, I'll wash a head. I'll rough dry a head. I know a lot right. of it, but that's I mean, not my natural talent.
0: I couldn't style hair at your shop, and I'm a cosmetologist. So <laughs> that I makes mean, me I feel better. That, that should make you feel better. It does. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah, because I was thinking about that. I'm. It's awesome how you're able to rely on people. But I thought, I just knowing your background and knowing like how hard of a worker you are, I thought she's got an insurance policy here. She's. She's able to whip some nail
1: art out, I bet. You know what? I was just watching a Gary V clip this morning and he was like, and it was talking about diversifying. He's like, listen, all these people could leave one day. Everything could go to shit. I'm going to diversify and make sure that I'm a beast in every avenue. And that's always been super natural to me. I've always been that way. So it's been a natural progression and, and a really good fit for me to always make sure that I'm on the pulse of everything. So... One of the ways that kind of maintain quality control is every week I get a service from a different girl and I follow up all the time, every service, every different service, I'm making sure that we haven't changed our habits from how we trained, that we're all doing consistently similar work with our own flair, you know, our yeah. own. Hive. So then
0: when you're done with that service and there's like something that you're like, mm, that was a little of this or that was a little of that, mm-hmm. are you waiting till one of your your walking coaching sessions to touch base or how how do you what's your like leadership style as far as how you would approach a situation like that for people that are listening that have teams or have an assistant and they're they're saying like as I've seen it a lot on different things that I follow where someone's like oh my assistant isn't shampooing quite like how I want him to and that's an awkward conversation to have but there's such a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it
1: Mm -hmm. for me it depends on the situation, right? So if we're just talking about a tan in the room and I notice something, I like to tell that person right in the moment. I'm like, oh, you know what? Tell me why you were doing it that way. And if it differs from, because sometimes people will just, they'll get out of the habit of what you've initially trained them and go off course. And they're doing it with great intentions. Like most people are, that's just, it just happens. So I said, tell me why you were doing it this way. Oh, because of this and this. And then I'll go back and explain the fundamentals of why we have the technique The way we have it, or you know, so I'll explain it to them that way, or sometimes they'll bring to light a different perspective where I'm like, that's really interesting. Maybe we should switch up the process. So it's a back to that openness, that flexibility, that transparency of not having your ego so hardcore tied up to all my ideas are the smartest ever and realizing like maybe someone will do it differently and that's a great way. That's awesome. So to answer your question a little bit better, I We'll check in the moment and I'll, and I'll course correct in the moment, but then I'll also listen. And then if I decide, no, I'd rather still do it my way, then I'll let them know. I'd rather just do it this way to maintain brand consistency or I really want to try it like that. Let's do it. Let's try it for a couple weeks and see how it goes. If it's something where it's something that I observe from afar and I'm not the client that they're working on, I'll kind of wait until they're done with that. Also wait for the right time sometimes because people are people, right? As much as we want to leave home at home and work at work, a lot of it all kind of mingles in and it's this balancing act of maintaining that separation, but also that togetherness and this dance of connection, right? Right. So then I look and say, okay, this person, Sally, what's what's going on with Sally right now? And I go back to our one-on-ones and our regular conversations. Is this the best time for her to get that feedback? Can she hear it right now? Can I deliver it in a way she can hear it right now? Or is it best that I just write a note for myself and I do this on my phone? I maintain running notes for each person. And oh, that's
0: a cool concept.
1: Yeah, running notes for each person and for the team. That way when I do my team meetings, I have ideas of what I want to talk about. And I only pick two ideas per meeting because anything other than that gets kind of lost. Yeah. So for team meetings, I continually maintain a running note. And then for each individual, I maintain like what I see. I also want to make sure what are they killing it at? What are they doing amazing at? Because people want to be acknowledged and it's not bullshit. I really see it and it's great. So I'm like, dude, you're crushing it at that. How can we get you into a spot where you can do that more? Are you loving that? Do you want to focus on that more? So also again, being adaptable and flexible. I found recently, I found one of my girls, Missy, is killing it doing social media. She does all our stories um, for Glow Out. She does all the backstories for Glow They Out. are great. She's doing a great job, right? Yeah. So, but what's so cool about it is we just tried it a couple months ago. I'm like, hey, I really think I need help with stories. I'm kind of having um, a hard time balancing everything that I'm doing. Would you like to step in? You know, I created a little bit more of a revenue stream for her there, threw some more money at that because it's worth developing because Instagram's super hot and everybody's there, the attention's yep. there. And she's really developed a lane for herself where I'm like, you're really great at this. We should magnify this for you. So it's also like helping them develop as people and professionals and seeing where can I help? I keep the same mindset as we go back to Gary a lot because I love him i love him so much i fucking love oh it my god
0: so i'm putting explicit on each one of my podcasts because i want a little bit of gary in okay, all of good. my episodes because
1: it's just real life man yes it's just how if you're sent i feel like we're censoring so much and we're so politically correct but like, come on that's not reasonable <laughs> no gary he's Very coming ridiculous. to chicago he's, he's coming. are you going to that yes I'm going, going to hair camp that weekend. Oh, so that looks so cool too. I know. I'm really excited. I'm going to be yeah. on the hunt
0: for interviews. People don't know it yet. because yeah. I haven't launched it. But. She's like, I'm
1: ready. I'm coming to yeah. you, hair camp. Yeah,
0: but so yeah, so you, Gary V. Just talking about just how hard people actually work and finding people. He he's really big on what you're saying about doubling
1: down on your strengths. Yep. Like for so, me, I'm not amazing. With Like numbers is never going to be my skill set where I'm like, wow, I love digging through all these numbers and I'm learning to have a better relationship with it, but it's actually been something that's always been like a little bit scary of an overwhelming topic. Well, I recently did an entrepreneurship program with Goldman Sachs, which was amazing. Yeah. I was following that with you and
0: I thought it looked so cool.
1: Uh, It was so cool because that was kind of for me, my college experience. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. But they really, one of our professors said this, he's like, financials and the accounting side of your business, you want to manage by the numbers to make decisions. And it's really smart way to think about it. And then he said, the numbers are just a language. It's just a different language to learn. And when I thought about it that way, I was like, wow, that's a different way to put it because I kept putting it in this category of like, oh my God, it's overwhelming. I won't figure it out. So now I dive into it more and really try to learn it. But that's a long game for me it's not yeah. going to be tomorrow. So it's just a practice. Another practice that I have is I have an accounting coach and every Tuesday at nine, we sit there and go through my PNLs and my balance sheet and my expenses and, um, all of our, all of our transactions and make sure I'm learning this stuff and I'm learning it and I'm getting better at it, but that's not my area of awesome. It's never going to be
0: your strength
1: no but I need to learn it's really freaking important so I'm learning it but I'm not judging myself that I'm not naturally gifted at it I'm not judging myself that it's not the thing that I just love but I'm learning it I'm learning it and then in the meantime what I'm really great at is connecting with people listening understanding pulling out the best in them by bringing out the by bringing my best and like just bringing that contagious energy that filters out through everybody. And so I focus the most on that. But then I also spend about 20% of my time really beefing up that other skill set because it's super important.
0: Well, and I would think because you've got different services and underneath the beauty umbrella, but different services, you've got a lot of different providers. Mm -hmm. I would think that learning that would be on a, like just it would be a lot of moving parts just based on, how many people are there and that there'd be a lot to learn.
1: Yeah. And that's what I think in the beginning, when you're starting out, especially if you're a party of one, <laughs> party yeah. of one party of fun, it's, um, there's just a big learning curve. So not being afraid to seek out coaching in every department that you need it. I needed a lot of coaching in HR in the beginning. I'm like, dude, am I doing legal shit over here? Like- yeah. I mean, my brother's an
0: HR director. The amount of calls I he, oh he's gotten God. on my small team. I'll be like, <laughs> Or or he'll sometimes send me something. If he'll see something on Instagram, he'll be like, What the hell's going on over there? And I'm like, You know, you know, it's something's up when your HR director brother has seen something on social media that he's unclear about.
1: Oh, yeah. It's
0: pretty straightforward with him.
1: And what's so cool, I have my my sister in law has been an HR director for um, Enterprise Rent a Car for like 15 years. So I bounce a lot of ideas off of her from a corporate standpoint, right? Yeah. From that corporate mentality. But she's married to my brother, my oldest brother, who is a beast like me, where mm-hmm. we just have a different way of seeing the world that's not necessarily fitting into a corporate box. So yeah, that talk- box
0: is pretty clear.
1: Yeah. So I t- I talk to her from that from that perspective of the corporate side. And then I talk to him from our perspective of like being street hustlers in the world and like really go getters and making your own way. And then I find that happy medium that works for me.
0: I totally agree.
1: Right. Because we didn't start our own brands to do it the old way or to do it someone else's way. I'm going to do it my way. So I'm super transparent when we're hiring. I'm like, listen, man, I go fast. I have a fast pace, but then I'll slow it down. But we're, we're like a high volume place. We do a lot of volume, a lot of traffic, a lot of moving pieces all the time. If that's something that excites you, this could be a great place for you. If that kind of chaos, it's a, it's a controlled chaos, right? But if you're doing high volume, there's a chaotic element to it. We try yes. to keep it super, super energetically beautiful. So people have an amazing experience, but on the back end for the team, we're like, go, go, do, do, right eat. right. Right. Fire, problem, door lock, you know, AC shits on fire. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And just figuring it out. But whenever I've been in situations in
0: in my business where I think like, oh God, one more thing happens, I'm going to lose it. Then I stop for a minute and I say, I wouldn't want to have this emergency in any other like profession or any other career. Like this is what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. So it makes it kind of more doable.
1: And it's like, I always say, practice the pause, reset yourself because we're going, the world is going super fast anyway. So we're all trying to navigate and keep up with new ways to seek new information that are coming at us a million miles an hour every day. I always teach all the girls and the business owners that I coach, practice the pause. When in doubt, I plank. Because that's yeah. a, when you do that for one minute and your whole body is activated, focusing on that pose and staying in that pose and fighting through the uncomfortable of that, then your energy switches. So you can go right. back into the game. It's like a coach, right? I'm going to take you out for a minute. You're going to take a break. Bobby's going in. He's going to fill in. And then the next player coming back in, I think of myself like that. Yeah. I'm a player. It's a long game. I work a lot of hours, many times like 16 hours a day. But during that, I'll take my walk. Then I'll do my planks. Then I'll walk my dogs and I just make it work for me
0: yeah cause we at the salon for sure, I'll talk to my assistant Mary and it's like the power of the the reset because mm-hmm. someone will come in and bring some energy with them, and something's happened in their life, and it's heavy or they're not respectful, which doesn't happen very often, but you know stuff stuff happens, and then it's the next person that comes in doesn't deserve to have to sit in that with us, so it's like the power of the reset or the power of just planking. And and, that, and, and
1: we Palo Santo all the time throughout well, the day. we stage. sage in the morning, but you do it throughout the day? I Palo Santo throughout the day because the the sage is kind of like can can get like weedy, like kind of smell. Oh, like that's what people like.
0: think we're smoking weed in the morning. That's why,
1: that's why we only sage on the weekends before we <laughs> leave so okay. that it can clear out. And then we Palo Santo throughout the day because it has that soft woody smell. I'm going to bring you some or next time you come in, I'll give you some. Okay, I'm gonna I'm making a note here. Yeah, Santo people people help. think we're potheads now, I think. Exactly, which whatever. I mean, I don't really care. Yeah, who cares? I, everybody has their flavor and what works <laughs> for them, <laughs> but some people can get put off by that smell. But the cool yes. thing about this is teaching my young girls, it's more than the Palo Santo. It's the ritual of I'm clearing that energy on purpose because we don't we don't want to carry that throughout for the next client. The client doesn't need to absorb that. So that's where that routine that I was talking about earlier really comes into play in a beautiful way. Of, listen, yes, you you might have had a moment where that got heavy. Let's not stretch the moment throughout the rest of the day. It's a new moment. We're in a new one now. So we do the Palo Santo, and it's like this beautiful ritual of, okay, we're ready for the next.
0: That's so awesome. And not
1: carrying it because I will tell you in the very beginning when I was with my other partner, Amy. And we had the first salon and we're learning it and figuring it out. So many learning curves. we broke as fuck. Um, we went to a psychic for Christmas. We bought each other psychic experience because we were both feeling so exhausted and drained. And she goes, you're carrying on everybody's energy all day. And people don't really know that they're dumping energy a lot. A lot of people aren't aware. That's just the thing. They're yeah. just not aware that they're doing that. And they're coming to us from that kind of, therapy perspective and they're getting that experience from us but we had to learn how to energetically clear it so that what to do
0: with it because I know I struggle with that and I've talked to a psychic recently who said by the end of the day you are so dysregulated yep and I said what that makes sense she's like yeah I mean like People leave. They feel lighter. They feel better. But you, you mesh with people. So yep. that's been something I've been working on too, being able to come alongside people in their journeys, but not like jump into their mess with them and swim around in it. Yep. You know what's
1: really crazy that I've learned lately? This is my own hypotheses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd love to hear. It. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's about dogs. Lately, I've learned. That I think that that was happening to my doggies because sometimes my dogs will come to the shop and now I've retired them for the most part from the shop. They'll come for like an hour. I started noticing one of them was getting sick all the time and he's older. And I'm like, what is going on? I think it was too much stimulation. And then I started to make sense. I'm like, oh my God, if I'm getting exhausted after seeing 25 people a day, of course he is.
0: I'm just thinking about my prince as you're saying this.
1: How amazing. It was honestly one of the most. He's going to be nine, and he does seem very tired all the time. Dude, I'm telling you, my little zigster is going to be 11 in a couple weeks. (laughs) And (laughs) you remember last summer, he was getting pneumonia all the time, and it was starting to like, that is a scary, scary thing. And so I started to say, well, what are the themes? What are the patterns and the constants for him? And then I just started noticing, I'm like, maybe it's too much energy exchange, and this doggies pick up on energy so strong. My
0: dog knew I was moving when I had talked to you about my partnership ending, but Mm -hmm. you were such an awesome resource that I had talked to a psychic who said, I said, why is my dog like barking at the salon? You know, he never used to do this. Mm -hmm. And she said, he knows you're moving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm, I'm the one who's going to move. Mm-hmm. But Capone knew,
1: and they—they they are so intuitive. They're—they're they're like little gifts from the universe. I think angels teaching you. For me, they've taught me when to scale back, you know, given me energy to move forward, all kinds of things through life transitions. But this has been one of the most interesting. Where now, when I have them home, they, and they may be with me for like an hour when it's slow, and then I bring them right. home, they're happiest clams. Interesting. And he hasn't gotten. Sick I mean, energy was. is
0: no joke. Yep. And if you were going to leave people with one more, you know, the primarily people listening to this are hairstylists, so they're dealing with other people's energy all day. If there was one piece of advice you could give, and primarily the stylist who's running their own business, I know all stylists are, but the one who's, you know, checking their clients out themselves, dealing with the energy of the, you know, the money transaction, dealing with the the scheduling transaction because they don't have the support staff that you do in a commission salon. What is one piece of advice you would leave with these, these stylists about protecting energy or what they can be doing to honor themselves more
1: throughout the day? Put yourself first. Yeah. Take care of yourself. That's the first thing that I see that goes to the wayside for most of us. And it's we're all learning and we're all doing our best. So maybe your self-care isn't in the best place right now. The best thing I would say is don't judge yourself. You're doing the best you can. But when you know more, you do more, right? You do better. When you know better, you do better. So realizing that if you're not in a good spot, nobody's in a good spot. Like if mama isn't happy, nobody's happy. So I have to come every single day. And that takes work on my end. It takes consistency. It takes discipline to get myself into a spot where I'm showing up every day in the best way that I can. And that's not attainable 365, But you can get really close to where every day you're like taking care of yourself and you're bringing the best energy. But we get it wrong. We really do. We get it wrong because we put ourselves last. We're like, no, this is my business. My business has to come first. Think about it this way. But you are your business. You are your business. So if you're not good, it's not going to be good. And the time where I started to take where I cut out breaks, a lot of times like Wednesday in the middle of the day, I work with a trainer. She's amazing. She has the best vibes. And we work together for about an hour and a half. And that's like the middle of my week. And it really catapults me energetically to finish the week stronger. And that so was that is
0: so essential to you showing up as who you want to be.
1: 100%. If you're depleted and tired and exhausted and you think you're masking it and people don't see it, they do. Come on. Like you do. We need to yeah. see other people in that spot. So we think that we can fake them out and we're kind of faking ourselves out. But for what? Like at the end of the day, when I die, and I'm buried wherever I'm buried or cremated or whatever, they're not going to say, Oh my God, she was such a good business owner. Hopefully they'll say she was amazing to be around. She was a giver. She gave of her time. She gave of her energy. She was a loving person. It's not going to say she had 14 locations in her business. Who is going to give a fuck? You know what I mean? So yeah. I have to think, what do I want people to think about when I'm gone? What kind of energy will like make the world a better place? And so that's where I'm at. That's what I focus on every day. And I start with making my damn bed.
0: Oh, God, that's the best. Make
1: a bed, drink water, go on your walks, all that, all that that's jazz. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so enlightening
1: my pleasure girl and
0: for anyone who wants to find you would want to do coaching with you wants to follow along on your urban hikes where can people find you
1: i'm on instagram most and a lot of times most of the time in stories i'm zen Jen with an underscore on instagram two n's so you can find me there you can follow glow out salons on insta we do a lot of fun stuff there
0: well awesome well thank you so much and I just, I can't wait to continue to follow your journey and your source of inspiration. So thank you so much.
1: Same girl and congrats on the podcast. You're killing it. Thank you. I will talk to you soon.